Well, good morning, friends. This is podcast number 375 for Thursday, the 16th of September. I pray that you are well. Um, Grab your Bibles and turn to Colossians. Let's look at our memory verses. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Um, We just praise the Lord for his word, for um, the opportunity for us to study it. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to study the word of God. And today as we look at Colossians, let's look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. No, I'm not skipping ahead, but this verse fits well with what we're talking about. We'll get back into the rest of these verses in a moment. But 27 to it says, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you. And underline this, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We've looked at faith. We've looked at love. Now we'll look at hope. Hope is also a characteristic of the believer. Unsaved people are without hope because they're without God. And people say, oh, how can you say that? They're hoping in things that are going to fail. How do I know that? Because I'm a human and I've been there and been the, experienced that failure of hope. I've also, because I'm a pastor and I've ministered to multiple people of all different age groups, of all different uh, backgrounds, um, of all different races, of all different um, socioeconomic backgrounds. I'm telling you, the reality is that there is only hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible says here. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by those that are called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at, at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world having no hope, having no hope and without God in this world. The reality is that, as I said yesterday, we are created by God, but we are not children of God until we are born again. Look at 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Paul was teaching about the people who had died before, and they were worried about that they would miss out. And he says, no, no, no. We don't want you to grieve as those who have no hope. He doesn't say don't grieve when someone dies. He says, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Hope for, um, in the Bible, is not, I hope so. I hope so. It's so much more than that. Our hope in Christ is as definite and assured as our faith in Christ is. Because Christ is in us, we have the hope of glory. Our future is secure if we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Why is this so important? It's because the false teachers have come in and we're trying to destroy the hope 
um, in Christ that the Colossian believers had. Uh, they they try to unsettle the Colossian believers and get them to move away from the hope of the gospel. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. It says this, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Proclaimed under heaven means in Psalms. Psalm chapter 16, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, but Paul hadn't got to everyone yet, and the gospel message hadn't got to everyone yet. But because of the general revelation of creation, we believe, we believe that there is a God. People can say what they want. They can say they don't believe. They can say that all of this stuff is, a, is an accident. But the truth of the matter is if you really truly study and spend time with uh, people who's, who talk about atheism and talk about cre uh, non-creationism but evolution, they're hanging their hopes on huge gaps. It takes more faith, I believe, and this is not a, 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 an original thought to me. I believe it takes more hope not to, or more faith not to believe than it does to believe in God. Paul made it clear that this hope is laid up for believers in heaven. What does that mean? We don't get everything God has for us on this earth. Verse five, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. What is the the hope that's laid up for us, that this world is not all there is. Aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful for that? Because this world can be a painful and a dark place. This world can be a, a difficult place. The word translated laid up here carries the meaning of to be reserved, to be set aside for someone. It was used to refer to money laid up or hidden. The tense of the verb indicates that this hope has once and for all been reserved so that nothing can take it away from us. Not only had, has this hope, our glorious inheritance and glory, been reserved for us, but we are being kept by God's power so that we can be sure of enjoying heaven one day. Not only is it laid up for us, but we're kept. We're kept by the power of of God. Look at First Peter chapter 1, and this should be good news to you. I said before, if you ever uh, look at, and if you have children, you know that when a child holds your hand, you're not relying on his grip to keep him safe. Your grip is keeping your child safe. And it's the same with the Lord. Our grip isn't keeping us safe. God's grip is keeping us safe. Look at First Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect, exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. What is he saying in the first two verses? This is to everyone throughout who has been dispersed. That, that God already knew that this would happen. The foreknowledge of God the Father, he already knew that this would happen. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. He has caused us. We didn't cause it. We didn't bring it about. 
He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You are being guarded by God's power. All of this should be encouraging to us. We're guarded for glory. What is the relationship between faith, hope, and love? Certainly the more we love someone, the more we trust him. We trust them. We do not trust a casual acquaintance to the same degree that we trust a confidential friend. As we come to know God better, we trust him more and uh, we love him more. Love and faith encourage each other. But hope also has a valuable contribution to make. Wherever there's a relationship of faith and love, there will be a growing hope. When a man and woman fall in love and learn to trust each other in their love, their future always becomes brighter. In fact, Paul taught that hope is a motivating power for love and for faith. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5 again. That's the verse we've been um, kind of keying in on. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. Our confidence, our hope, is because we have heard the gospel and we have responded to the gospel. The blessed hope of seeing Jesus Christ and going to heaven to be with him is a powerful force in a Christian life. When we realize the joy we shall have in heaven, it makes us love him more. The fact that we know we shall be with him in glory encourages us to trust him more. Even the problems and trials here on earth do not move us away from the love. Turn to Romans chapter 8, one of the all-time greatest chapters, probably the greatest chapter um, that Paul wrote, and he wrote many. Look at Galatians chapter uh, uh, 8, verse 1. We're going to look at a few verses in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Wow. No condemnation. The wrath of God has been removed because we're in Christ. Look at verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Not even worthy. Mother Teresa said suffering in this life, because she had an eternal perspective, not just in this life. He said suffering in this, she said suffering in this life is like spending the night in an inconvenient hotel. One night in an inconvenient hotel. She served like hardly anybody else has ever served. She didn't see her suffering as as too much. She didn't see even the suffering of others as too much because she brought them hope. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in the creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There's our hope. Our hope is in not, is is not in um, what we can do. Our hope is what in what Christ has done. Our hope is not in what we can do. Our hope is in what Christ has done. 
The fact that we are going to be together in heaven ought to encourage us to love each other on earth. This is one reason why Christ has already given us his glory from within. He's, he's placed it in us. Look at John chapter 17, one of my favorite chapters, verse 22. John 17, in his high priestly prayer, verse 22, Jesus says, The glory that you have given me, he's talking to the Father, I have given to them, he's talking about his disciples, that they may be one even as we are one. Wow. What is what is the the um, the pivotal point, and what is the 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 example of oneness in Christ? It's Christ and His Father, and He says, "I have given them the ability to do that because I placed the glory that You gave me in them." The hope of seeing Christ and going to heaven is not only a motivation for faith. And love, but is also a motivation for holy living. Let's look at First John. First John chapter one. Excuse me. First John chapter three, and verse three. First John chapter three and verse three. It says, "And everyone who thus hopes or has this hope in Him in Christ purifies himself as He is pure." There's a part of the purification process which is our part. Which is our part. And what is that part? It is laying aside things that that are doing damage to us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what witnesses were surrounded? Remember, therefore, what is it therefore? It's, it's a tie into the chapter before, the verses before. Let us also lay aside, let us... Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's a part of this that's us, that we need to lay aside these things. John warned that us that if we, are, if we do not abide in Christ, which means keeping in fellowship with him through obedience, we may be ashamed when he returns. First John chapter 2, go to First John again. Right after First and Second Peter is First John, chapter two, verse twenty-eight. Chapter two, verse twenty-eight. And now, little children, abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. The, the shrinking back is because we have less to lay at the feet of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean we lose our salvation. It means that we have less to lay at his feet. His gift is our life. He gave his life for us so that we might have life, right? John 10, 10, I've, the thief comes to kill, still and destroy, and then I may, but I've come, you might have life and have it more abundantly. And what will we do with the life he gives us? Will we enter into the joy and glory of his presence with confidence and love. Will we? It's really up to us. Look at Second Peter chapter one and verse eleven. Second Peter chapter one and verse eleven. It says this for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says, as we confirm our calling and our election, 
And we begin to understand it. He says, for in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The hope of heaven is also an encouragement when we struggle, not if we struggle, but when we face suffering and when we face trials and when we face uh, difficulties, um, the hope of heaven is an encouragement to us. Look at First Peter chapter four, or First Peter chapter one, First Peter chapter one, verses four through nine. Um, let's do three. First Peter chapter one, three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded. You're being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation or the return of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, now you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There's something so much more there's something so much more than just the suffering. If we, if we look at the suffering as, as allowing it to have its work and to, to, to do whatever it needs to do and to suffer well, right? And to realize that we are kept, that we are protected, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, nothing. Then we realize that suffering has a purpose because God has a purpose. When when unbelievers suffer, they get discouraged and they want to give up. But when Christians suffer, their faith can become stronger and their love can deepen because their hope shines brighter. How do we know that we have this hope? How do we know? Let's go back to our verse in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. We know because we've heard the gospel. We believers do not have to work up a good feeling of hope. God's unchanging word assures us that our hope is secure in Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. Hebrews chapter 6, 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. It's it's an anchor for our soul that we don't drift. That we don't drift. We need to rest in Christ. We need to understand that our hope is in him. That our life is secure in him because we don't hold his hands. He holds ours. We've placed our life in his hands and the Bible tells us that no man can pluck you out of the hand of your Savior because you're secure in him. And we need to understand our calling and our election and we need to be sure that we have an anchor 
And that anchor is not in our abilities, in our works, and in our resume. Our anchor is in Christ. And as the old song says, our anchor holds. Let me pray for us. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.